and like, share, and subscribe. We love you. Hit the bell. Get notifications when we go live. And ready, set, go. Amen. (laughs) So today we're going to be kind of focusing on the topic of your need for Jesus. Like how we all need Jesus. We all need that fellowship with Jesus. And you talked about it yesterday, you know, in your sermon. Um, Yeah. And you highlighted a specific verse uh, in Matthew chapter 5. Yeah. um, Where Jesus said, uh, where Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. Or the kingdom of heaven. And um and I I, I just wanted to, was just wondering if you could elaborate who the poor in spirit were and why they are able to inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah, well, when we were talking about yes, yesterday, I explained it in that message. Is uh, that verse bothered me because I just didn't like how it said poor in spirit. I know in Corinthians that were Second Corinthians eight that he was made poor so that we might be rich. So I'm, you know, when I read, we're supposed to be poor in some way. Of course, our mind goes straight to money, but that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the spirit of man and and basically the heart of where you're coming from. So you can see that poor in spirit, sometimes when the word spirit is used or the word soul is used, it's not talking about the inner man. Sometimes it's talking about the core of man. In other words, what he's showing there is a conditional statement. So some people are poor in spirit, some people are rich in spirit, so to speak. Or, And really, in our English today, a really good way to describe that would be some people are humble in spirit yeah. and some people are arrogant in spirit. That would be a good way to define that. And so you can see that what he's saying is that condition can change. So we can either be humble in the core of who we are towards God and our need for God, or we can be arrogant in our need for yeah. God. And I don't, I don't need you. I've got this, you know. Um, and we show our arrogance when we're not obedient to what he's told us to do. Yeah. That shows our arrogance. So you'll have a lot of people that are like, oh, yeah, I love God, and I can worship God, and I can do it in my way. No, you can't. You, you can't do it your way. you you got to do it his way, and if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. Yeah. So that would be arrogant in spirit, whereas poor in spirit or a humble in spirit, it shows us that, Lord, I've got to have you my, I've got to have you your way, but I need you. Like, I really need you, and I need you so much. I need you so much, Lord, that I'll do it your way, no matter what, which actually is the most wise thing that we can do. Yeah. But what you see there is that it's conditional. So we choose which way it goes. Well, the inner man or the spirit of man, it's made completely righteous. So it's obviously going to be humble in spirit. But Jesus is showing us a choice. So in that context, we see that we're not talking about the inner man who's made in the image of God. We're talking about, we're talking about uh, the core of somebody making a choice to be humble themselves before God. Yeah. And to be poor in spirit, using today's language would be, be humble in the core of who you are. Yeah. And, and recognize, and it would say this, recognize your absolute need, like recognize your absolute need for Jesus. Um, and so a lot of times we know we need Jesus, but we don't see it as an absolute. Right. It's it's kind of on the side, it's sitting to the side, and 
and like we go to church, but it's not an absolute need for Jesus. It's, it's more of a, you know, I, I could use this help a little bit, yeah. but like one of the things that I really feel comfortable in saying is I absolutely need you. I can't, and, and you've heard this terminology yeah. a lot, I can't do this without you. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do what? Preach, have a church, do ministry, have, you know, lunch plus. No, I can't do anything yeah. without you. Yeah. You know, without Christ, he gave us every good and perfect gift. Without him, I've got no breath. I have no muscle. I've got no energy. Yeah. I have no provision for food. I can't do anything without you. Yeah. I can't put two thoughts together. That's a good and perfect gift. And I can't put two thoughts together or two words together without you. Yeah. I absolutely need you involved in every part of my life. Mm. So does that answer that question? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. It, it reminds me of, uh, of you know, that word poor. I think I remember hearing someone say it's like beggarly. Like if I don't, yes. get, if I yeah. don't get what I need, I will die. You know, yes, and yes. And that, that need. Yeah, and when we, that's exactly what the word means. Like when you go to the definition of it, it, may, it literally shows beggarly in the original language. And our, our thinking towards that is somebody who's a user of the system, like is in user mentality. Like when we think beggar, we think a lot of times user of the system. But you just described it really well in saying that, no, it's not talking about that. It's actually talking about um, if I don't have you, I'll die. Yeah. I have no other choice. Mm -hmm. If you don't give me something, I'm done for. Mm -hmm. And when we get that way in the core of who we are, uh, everything changes. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a great point. So. Yeah. Kevin wanted to know, is it okay to have him his way and our way too? No, <laughs> unless, yeah, Short one. <laughs> yeah. nope, <laughs> unless your way matches his way. No, yeah, no, it's not. And that's what we talked about last week, talking about the soulish mentality is the truth be told, we're good with God until he gets into our business and yeah. tells us to do something different. And, and here's the issue. Are we willing actually to lay down what we think was God before. Yeah. So a lot of times we have thoughts and environments and atmospheres that we've been brought up in, and we think that this is God. You know, I've literally heard men say, I've heard men say before, not very many at all, but I've literally heard men say that basically any other ethnicity is lower class. And they think, that they're doing what Jesus and the Bible says, and they're completely deceived. So using that as an example, they think that's Bible. They've heard it preached. They believed it. They didn't study themselves to show you know, themselves in proof. Uh, they don't know in Galatians that it actually shows you in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female. Yeah. In, in the Spirit, God doesn't see that stuff. You know, uh, He doesn't see that stuff at all. Um, and so they think they're doing God a favor. And, and you'll look, some of the crusaders thought that they were going to go to heaven because they went to a war that the Pope said, if you go to this war, you'll go to heaven. No, they didn't accept Christ. And, and so many times we can have thinking that we think is Bible. We think it's God, but it's not. Yeah. And if we continue on, it's not God's fault that we're deceived when he left us this word. 
Our job is to get into this Word and find out we need Him. We need His ways. We can't do it without yeah. Him. And we've got to take, see, one of the issues is everybody generally, what I've found is most people enter into life with this thought. I know what I know, and what I don't know, I'll learn from God. But what they already know they think is from God right. instead of ever challenging it. And one of the one of the great things that I've that the Lord showed me some years ago is, and, and I'll look at the camera to do this, kind of in the timeline of your life, or maybe okay, in the timeline of your life, you know, here's where you began uh, going forward. Shouldn't we mature, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, we should mature in Christ yeah. and. So if you look at that maturity level over the period of time of your life, if we're maturing in Christ, then when a lot of the doctrines and foundation that we know and we live by was started at the beginning of our maturity. Right. Now, I mean, it's just completely illogical for us to not challenge those initial things, yeah. and even things we learned at any point that we find ourselves walking in more maturity, which we should constantly be doing, we should be challenging the earlier doctrines and the earlier foundations. But what I've found is uh, most never challenge that. Yeah. They stand on that like it's gospel, but it's things that they learned in the least maturity. And I'm finding now, uh, now, you know, I've been born again for 40 years. So I'm finding now that I'm just now starting to piece together some things yeah. that I couldn't have done before. I'm starting to see things and connections I've never seen before in the Word. And it's, it really is starting to go like this, you know, in my heart and in my mind. And which is great. Have I arrived? No. <laughs> no, I haven't. What I realized by this is I've got so much more to learn. But yeah. there are some pieces that now I can go back and say, God, no wonder that was wrong. You know, no wonder that wasn't working when I prayed about it for three years. You know, no wonder. And I see, you know, how everything I thought, you know, and just the other day I was thinking about something that I did. Somebody was making a comment and, um, it was an absolute comment, and it was based off of where they were coming from and everything. I was like, don't be so quick just to say this is the way it is, because yeah. there's some things that may surprise you. Oh, I know it was an impact when we were talking about the end times and end time prophecy. And I was like, and I gave, I gave an idea of one of the prophecies, and everybody went, what? I said, don't, don't do that yet. Just wait, because you're actually going to see how it makes sense. You just don't know it yet, yeah. and let's let's wait till we till we look at it fully, and then you know you'll find out that what you sense is probably correct. But don't just say no, that's wrong. Yeah. Go to the word, you know, study it in that way. And so, you know, to answer Kevin's, is it okay to have his way and you know? our way too. No, it's not okay to do that. Uh, we need to constantly be walking in um, a challenging and a proving of every one of our doctrines and beliefs and the actions and ways that we take. Yeah. We, we need Him in our ways. We need Him in those things. We don't need to just assume that the way we've done it for 20 years is the right way. It might not be. Right. You know, I had a particular thing that the Lord literally, let's see, 
I thought this way for probably 35 years and maybe 30 years, 30, 30 years or so, and come to find out I was wrong the whole time. And I had to repent and change it, and that's awesome. So I'll let, yeah. you, let you read that and ask any other questions. Uh, Hannah says, as we mature in Christ, how do we decide between sharing Jesus with old friends or leaving the friendships in the past? Are we letting God down by giving up those friendships or try to minister to them? Um, it kind of depends on the level of the friendship, but ultimately, that's a great question. And what, it's like the title of this, it's the title of this, this as well. Do we need the friends or do we need Jesus? Mm -hmm. Do we need their way or do we need his way? And ultimately what Hannah is asking is, do we, you know, is keeping that friendship so we can minister to them, is that Jesus' yeah. way, right? Um, what you'll find is that time and time and time again, Jesus told other people, he said, follow me. You know, uh, in other words, leave what you're doing, follow me. With yeah. Elijah and Elisha, uh, he throws his cloak on him. Elisha now has a choice. Do you come and follow me? What made Elisha great? His heart immediately was, I'm going to leave this, and I'm even going to break up all of my old tools and burn them so I can't go back to them. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm going to use them as a part of a sacrifice. And uh, so we don't just necessarily ditch friends, but here's, let, let me give you a better way to look at it. Um, I'm going to go after God because I have to. And if you follow me and keep up with me, okay, great. But if you don't come after him too, I can't stop because yeah. you won't. Yeah. Does that make sense? In other words, and that's what Nicole and I did. We just started, we started going after God and it became evident not everybody wanted to go after God like we did. But I'm not going to stand in front of those friends yeah. on Judgment Day. I'm going to stand in front of Jesus. He, Jesus is the only one who can say, well done, good and faithful servant. And if that friend, and we talked about this on one of the broadcasts, mm -hmm. if that friend is not actually helping me, right? If that friend is not helping me, they're not really, if they're not helping me go after God, they're not really a friend. Yeah. A friend will always lead me to Christ. A friend will always draw me up. And if they're not leading me, not just okay with it, because a lot of times we're like, well, I'm okay if you go to church. That's not the question if they're okay with it. The question is, are they pulling you up to Christ? Are they encouraging you to go? Are they strengthening you? Are they encouraging you? Like in Hebrews uh, 10 it says, and encouraging one another even more as the days draw near, as we yeah. assemble. Um, are they encouraging you in Christ? Are they actually taking you to that place? Um, that's a real friend. Um, and if it's not a real friend, then they're, then they're pulling you down, which is not, and, and watch this, if somebody is not lifting you up, but they're holding you down, then they're actually holding down Christ's likeness in you. They're holding down Christ's likeness. They're stopping in any resistance whatsoever is stopping the gospel of Jesus Christ from going forward. So if they're holding that down, I can't let them do that by continuing to hang around them. Yeah. I have a responsibility to Jesus to seek the kingdom of God first so I can't stay at a place with somebody that's holding that back. 
So they're either helping me or they're hindering me. And if they're hindering it, they're not a friend and they're, they're not a true friend. The world may call them a friend, but not, not the word. And not the, the friend is going to help you, not hinder you. And I have a responsibility to not hang around with people that are not helping me go forward. Now, in terms of the ministry aspect, yeah, I, amen. She says, I can't stop because you won't. Um, that, that's a, it's a great point. In terms of ministry aspects, see, here's where most people think. They think, well, if I go and I go after God and I leave that person behind, I'm, I'm not ministering to them. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Because your life will be a testimony. And if that person decides to go after Jesus, they know who to call. Yeah. And they need to see a conviction. In, I mean, if you say, I'm going after Jesus, but you still hang out with all the, you know, the pot-smoking buddies or, or the people. It doesn't even have to be you know, druggies or alcoholics or partying people. It doesn't have to be that. Gossipers. It, it can be yeah, just gossipers. It can be just people that are, not, that are not going after Christ. And if that's the case, uh, and you keep hanging out with them and not going after Jesus, what kind of testimony is it? What kind of ministry are you? In other words, you're saying, Jesus is okay that I keep hanging out with the world and, and interacting with the world. And so they might not say those words, but that's the witness. And so as you go forward and you actually show conviction and you have fruit of power in your life, you're ministering to them. You're ministering. I have many, uh, many people now, uh, literally, that will call up and ask for prayer uh, and that are truly blessed. You know, I, not long ago, a couple of weeks ago, I talked to an, a friend from high school and was able to pray with them. And uh, this is not a person that gets choked up, you know, but yet the power of God, they literally said, I felt that pressure relief and they were choked up over it. In other words, that that's a witness. Yeah. That's a ministry. And it didn't come from me continuing to hang out at the places where they were. It came from me going after Jesus. Yeah. And so that is a ministry. Hanging out, continuing to hang out is not actually ministry. That's a deception that the devil uses to get you to hang on to people that will actually cause you to go backwards. Yeah. So. And we actually did a longer video of this a few weeks ago. We can actually put it up in the cue card um, somewhere on YouTube. And by we, I mean, but Buddy can do that because Buddy knows how. <laughs> but if you want more yeah. on that, we can link that. Yeah, and just too. and also right now, who's watching? Uh, say hello. Throw us a wave in the comments. Always, there's not a lot of comments happening today, but I want to I want to see the people. It's a new forum. They're excited to. Yeah, they're to watching. See what's going on. Amen. <laughs> So, uh, you know, in light of that last question, um, I, another question came up to me uh, that I thought I would ask you is, um, since we need to be all in for Jesus, and, you know, we're talking today about, you know, uh, about our relationship with Jesus and that Jesus is all you need uh, and how we need Jesus, what, do you, what would you say in your years of ministry is the main thing that gets in the way of us pursuing Jesus with all we have? The main thing that gets in the way. Um, well, look at everybody saying hello. Hello! <laughs> Hannah, Julie, Grayson, Rachel, Kelly, Kevin, all the, amen. Good to see y'all. We love you. Um, the main thing that gets in the way. Oh. In church or in the world or both? 
church. In church, the main thing that gets in the way is people thinking that they've arrived and thinking that they know something. Yeah, thinking that they know something. Because you've heard me talk about it being, you know, and so what will happen is their experiences and their limited knowledge becomes the source instead of Jesus. And so instead of bowing down and being poor in spirit or humble in their core towards their absolute need of Jesus, they keep referring back to their experience. And you can generally tell this by their testimonies. Um, their testimonies actually, hey, Miss Marilyn, good to see you. Hey, Mom. Um, she's not arrived, but she's watching. <laughs> she's arrived at the broadcast, but not in life. That's what she's. And uh, so um, one of the things that you see is that when somebody is, when somebody is not fully submitted to God, their stories are always from times past. It's not present. Mm -hmm. So it's not like last week, you know, where I'm sitting on the broadcast, I got healed. It's not like Sunday where multiple people got healed immediately. Mm -hmm. It's not like this week where we had homes opened up, yeah. where we had favor in people's mm -hmm. lives. It's not like this week. This, I mean, see, all these are testimonies this week. Mm -hmm. These, are, these have just happened, right. and that's what's happened in the ministry where somebody's debt is paid off, yeah. where there's breakthrough, where there's things like that. Um, uh, we just had a testimony you know, yesterday that was huge, you know, and um, something I'd been talking to the Lord about, and he answered, but not, not anywhere close to the way I thought he would answer it, yet it was done. And so you see these things where people are telling the stories of yesteryear, or, you know, it's always in the past, but it's never really, uh, and watch this, every now and then they'll have a testimony, but it's not consistently yeah. now, you know. Uh, th these are things that should follow us, you know, almost every day, every week, you know. Uh, if our testimonies are always the glory of the past, that means that we've relied a lot of times on that instead of, relying on him right. today, relying on Jesus today. Um, so in the church, and that's what happens, you know, if you think about teenagers, uh, the temptation, I'm not saying that every teenager is this way, but it's a stereotype that almost every teenager will face a temptation. They know more than they've ever known before. They are starting to see how the world works. And so they get an arrival mentality and think that they've arrived, and now they think they can see it all. And most 40-year-olds will look at 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds will look at a teenager and go, you're so dumb, you're so stupid. And they're not dumb and stupid. It's just that when they take the prideful approach that I know everything that needs to be known, uh, that's very short-sighted. Right. And so in the church, many people have had an experience with the Holy Ghost, and they've seen some of the power and some a touch of the glory. Uh, but we, and so we think we've arrived. We think we've seen it. And I would say that even what we've seen is just scratching the surface of it. I want more. I want the bucket loads all the time, and I want to walk in it all the time. Um, but that only comes from humbling yourself and recognizing that absolute need of Jesus. Yeah. So, 
Um, in the world, the thing, sorry, uh, in the world, the things that would hold people back is what we've been talking about in the verse in the stinking thinking where it says uh, the desires of the world, the cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches. You know, so all of those worldly things will keep us blinded. They'll go after, you know, the the good job, the perfect spouse, the kids, the the American dream. They'll, they'll be more concerned with that than the kingdom. And they may have success in worldly terms, but spiritually they're dead broke. And um, and it'll hold them back, and they but they think okay, throw more money at it, throw more time at it mm-hmm. instead of just. And this is in the church too. Um, you know what we need is is it's kind of like this. If you came to me asking a question, what am I supposed to do with that? My answer would be spend time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And. In other words, in Him, you know, Acts 17, 28, in Him we live and move and have our being. Well, do I need to talk about this? Do I need to logic out all of the parts of it? No, you don't. You need to spend time with Jesus because in Him He'll bring you the answer. In that fellowship He'll bring you the answer. So even in church, a lot of times we're trying to logically piece together what needs to happen next. And what we really need is just, just get with Him. Yeah. And, and he'll tell us what we need when we need it. He cares about us so much. How can he leave us with a question that we need an answer to? Yeah. If he loves us so much. How can he do that? He won't. And, you know, and that's what uh, Romans 8.32, if God gave us his only son, how? If he gave us Jesus, how will he not with him yeah. freely give us all things? There's no way he's not going to tell you what you need to know when you need to know yeah. it. There's no way. So if you're not hearing that, generally it's a connection issue. Uh, it's not because he's not talking. Imagine yeah. a phone with with the cord plug, you know, unplugged from our handset. Well, there's not cords anymore on phones. <laughs> Imagine us talking to the phone. You know, we've all been there where it dropped the call and we just keep on talking. Uh, if you're not hearing from God, you need to check the connection. Yeah. And so it's in that fellowship because he's going to tell you what you need to know yeah. when you need to know it. Yeah. So, so I, um, in this same vein, I, I don't want this to be a confusing question. I've been praying on how to say it, but if it's longer... You're really good at interpreting me. Okay. <laughs> so as we're talking about our need for Jesus, I know for me personally, I've heard you say often that years ago that you felt like you were barely in kindergarten <laughs> of Christianity. Yeah. Uh, especially when the Lord gave you the revelation of hunger and humility. Yeah. So recently over the last couple of years, I've been seeking the Lord on to be more humble, to be more hungry. And as I've done that, what I found as I recognize more and more my need for Jesus, I recognize how much of nothing I bring to the table and how exciting that is. So the question that I have is... Well, it doesn't feel good. No. It, it doesn't feel good to the flesh when we've been so focused on who we are and what yes. we're bringing to the table. Yes. And then we find out we're not really bringing anything, yes. hardly. Outside of Jesus. I mean, we're just not. We're not bringing anything outside Jesus. But when that's been our focus, you take that away, you're like, my identity was in that. Sure. And But that's not, we actually have a stronger identity. So I get that. So how would you say, as we're recognizing our need for Jesus in everything, how would you suggest, number one, to keep the focus on 
our true identity and not getting in the condemnation of what we don't bring, but focusing on what we have in him. Yeah. But number two, with that same vein, not getting into a rival mentality of, I don't bring anything good, but Jesus has just done it all in me. And because he's, it doesn't make sense. Where you never do anything. Yes. Yeah. Where's that balance of, and being humble with all of it. Well, you go back to what he's already told you to do. Anytime you're in a question, you always go back to what he's told you to do. So he's told us uh, to seek him, right? Uh, you seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. So seek him with all of your heart. That's in Jeremiah 24-7. Uh, and uh, somebody put that in the comments, please, if you would. So Jeremiah 24-7 and Jeremiah 29 uh, 11 through the beginning of 14, you'll see that you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So uh, we've got to go after him with all our heart. We can't be like half in, half out. Like, like Lord, I'm all yours. You right. know, which goes back to being humble in the core of who we are for absolute need of him. Like I'm all in. I can't do this without you. I've got to have you. Uh, when we see that, it's very important for us to uh, go after him in that way. So he's told us to do that. He's told us to bear fruit. Yeah. Um, so fruit, the six different types of fruit. Uh, you could look at it as five, but we'll, I'll do six for clarity. Um, the first one is an intimate fellowship with God. You should have fellowship with God. Mm -hmm. if, if we are not hearing from him and not in fellowship with him, that's a problem because he wants us to be in fellowship. Mm -hmm. Not too long ago, I was talking, uh, I, was, I, was I was watching a line of communication, and somebody said something about intimacy. And the person was fairly new to the mm -hmm. kingdom of God, but they said, I don't know about all this you know, you know, intimacy stuff. I don't hear from God like that. Mm -hmm. and, and, the, and they're new, and it's, they're, not, they're not here at this church. And they're out of town and everything. So it's not my job to do that for right. him or to teach him that, and I'm not their pastor. But that's the first thing you need. That's what Jesus died for was to get us intimacy with the Father and the Son. Um, you see that in John 3.16. You know, the end result of Jesus giving his life is that we would have eternal life. And then John 17.3, so somebody please put that, John 3.16 and John 17.3. Um, you see that God says in John 17.3, this is eternal life that they may know you, mm -hmm. which that word means intimate fellowship. So they would know you. That same word is used in terms of a man knowing his wife mm -hmm. you know, or a spouse knowing their spouse. Mm -hmm. It's an intimate fellowship yeah. with God. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Nicole can just look a certain way, and I know, I know if she's happy or if she's you know, upset, I can tell, and she can do the same with me. Um, I, we can be talking on the phone, and I'll just make a gesture, and she'll know. She'll know I want to give some input on that. You know, uh, we've learned each other. We know each other in an intimate fellowship. That's the way we're supposed to be with God. So that's one of the first fruits. Uh, there is that. The second one He's told us to do is win souls and make disciples. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who we are, what our calling is. All of us should be winning souls and making disciples. All of us should be doing that. So first fruit intimacy, second souls, third disciples. Uh, but also in order to make disciples, we have to be a disciple to right. make one. 
You know, you, we uh, will uh, basically create after our own kind. You know, every seed reproduces after its own kind. We see that in Genesis chapter 1. And so if we're not a disciple, we're not going to make a disciple. If we're not a soul winner, we're not going to make soul winners, right? right? Yeah. We're going to reproduce after our own kind. If we're not walking in fellowship, we won't recreate yeah. people in fellowship. Yeah. So in order to make a disciple, number one, we've got to understand some things. We've got to constantly be growing, studying to show ourselves approved, like it says in Timothy. But we also have to be disciplined ourselves mm -hmm. to do the things of Christ. So. Yeah. But So those are all fruits that we need to do. But then also he tells us that those that believe, not pastors, not the fivefold ministry, those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, they'll yeah. cast out demons. So they're walking in power. Mm -hmm. So we need to be walking in supernatural power. Uh, he also says that we will have words of wisdom. In order to make disciples, we've got to have revelation. So we should be walking in supernatural revelation. We should be seeing things in the Word on a regular basis because of our study and having words of wisdom, words of knowledge, the fruit of or the manifestations of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 is all supernatural power and revelation that's revealed, and that's for every believer to be walking in. We see that as a required fruit of a believer if we're filled with the Spirit, in which every person's you know, required to be filled with the Spirit because it's commanded. Mm -hmm. And then the sixth one is the fruit of the Spirit. And if you didn't see the Holy Spirit service last week, yeah. you know, a week ago, we really laid out how the fruit of the Spirit is not optional. It's mandatory. Yeah. And it should, we should have all of that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. We should have all of that fruit of the Spirit yeah. in us all the time. And nobody should be able to steal it because it's not a fruit of if you do the wrong thing. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a production of the Holy Spirit's function in my life, if I'm operating correct, correctly, the Holy Spirit will always have production of that fruit in my life. It should always be there. So in order to do what we should do and not get off track, we need to be producing fruit because those things are already commanded. Anytime you want to know what to do, do what he's already told you to do. And for every believer, now, see, we all have those six pieces of fruit or parts of fruit. You're, you're responsible for yours. You're responsible for yours. I'm responsible for mine. You guys are responsible for yours. Uh, we all have a responsibility for that. But now, you know, you're responsible for overseeing the youth. You're responsible for overseeing prayer. These are things we know from the Lord. I'm responsible for the oversight of the Church of Boomerang as a pastor. So each uh, one, you may be responsible. Those are all ministry related. You can be responsible for running a company and operating in an abundance yeah. to fund ministry. Yeah. You know? So there could be, there's multiple things that, are, that each person has mm -hmm. as their word from the Lord and their responsibility. Not everybody's called to be a full-time minister. They're right. just not. Um, but you can have your responsibility that God said. Make sure you know what God said. Be where he told you to be. Do what he told you to do. And as we continue to do that, it'll put us in the place there. But also what you mentioned earlier is the hunger and humility. That's another responsibility that we absolutely have that God doesn't just give you. 
God's not going to make you hungry. God's not going to make you humble. No, God tells us to be hungry and to be humble. That's not God's responsibility. That's ours. We have to make ourselves hungry. We have to humble ourselves. And now he can help. Ask him, Lord, show me how to become more hungry. Mm -hmm. I asked him that question. Man, he started pouring out stuff to help me be hungry, right? Uh, Show me, Lord, uh, where I need to humble myself, how to humble. He will show me, and he'll empower me to take steps. But what happens, so to not get off track and to stay on track, produce fruit, do what he said to do, but then stay humble and stay hungry. What you mentioned was the Lord told me every day for a year be hum- humble, you know, hunger and humility, hunger and humility, yeah. hunger and humility. And what I finally realized was this is something I have to put on every single day in order, and this is Jesus' ways, in order for me to stay in that prone, laid out position before God, God, I got to have you. Poor in spirit. I can't get along without you. Yeah. I need you. I have to have you, Lord. In order to stay in that, I've got to stay humble and, and hungry. Yeah. I must stay that. And so he'll show you and empower you how to do that. But what happens when you do that? When you humble yourself, the Bible says in James 4 and in 1 Peter 5, it says when you, when you humble yourself, he'll give you grace yeah. and greater grace. Not just grace, but more grace and yeah. more grace. And that grace is a supernatural power to apply in your life to walk godly. It's a supernatural favor to apply in your life that we didn't necessarily deserve on our own, but through Jesus, he gives it so that we can walk in godliness. You know, uh, I believe it's in Titus where it says he gives us that grace to deny ungodliness. And um, that's why grace is there. And when we're hungry... Then he says, you know, right after the other verse we, we're talking about in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 3, be poor, blessed are the poor in spirit for they inherit the kingdom of heaven. He says, uh, you know, blessed are the hungry, right? Uh, for they shall be filled. Yeah. In other words, he makes a promise. You get hungry, we get hungry. He says, I'm going to fill you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to fill you up. And that will help us to stay where we're not feeling the lack, where we're not tempted to fall back. You yeah. know, it'll help us stay right where we need to. Yeah. So. so with not being in condemnation, the first part of it, you're yeah. just in summary, you would say get to work on the things that stop thinking it, about it. Yeah, just yeah, get to work winning souls, making mm-hmm. disciples, producing fruit of the kingdom. So when you recognize your need, get to work, don't get in condemnation, and then to avoid a rival mentality, get hungry and humble. Yeah. And stay in hunger and humility. Yeah, and if we're not, um, you know, the condemnation aspect is, if you're you're facing condemnation, Jesus is there to break that condemnation. Yeah. It says in Romans 8.1, there is now therefore no condemnation for those, and the King James says, who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. So all we got to do is make a heart change, turn our heart away from fleshly walk, a uh, fleshly walk, turn our heart to a spiritual walk, yeah. and then we see from the rest of the counsel of the word to get out of condemnation, mm-hmm. change, repent or change our way of thinking and change our actions towards the, the leading of the spirit only. Yeah. Do that, make, our, make a heart decision to change that walk then confess, 
and repent over where you were walking fleshly. Yeah. And then in 1 John it says, He is faithful and just to forgive you of all transgressions. Yeah. And literally pray, ask for it by faith. Believe you have received His forgiveness and come out of that prayer with no condemnation and don't look back. Yeah. You know? Now, if you come out of that prayer, you still feel condemnation, then you probably didn't receive by faith that full forgiveness of that con condemnation yet. So meditate on that. Ask yeah. Him to help you with that. Go back and pray again. Yeah. And receive it by faith till you've, you sense that weight lift off of you. If you're carrying condemnation, you're either carrying it in your mind or you're carrying it in the Spirit. And generally it's in our mind because our conscience has been seared. But when we pray by faith, mm -hmm. that cleans our conscience and we should not be carrying it anymore. Yeah. You should be clean of that. And that way it handles the condemnation. Now let's get to work. Amen. So. Amen. Um, we had one more question okay. um, from Kelly, and this kind of falls in line of, you know, ministry and ministering um, in that need for Jesus. Because yeah. she's talking about the anointing. She says, she says, I don't know much about God's anointing, but trying to learn as much as I can. If God anoints a person in a certain area, does it stay on them as long as they remain in him? Well, the word says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So if God has called someone to a certain work mm -hmm. and called them and gifted them to operate in that work, it is without repentance. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't change. So in other words, let's say that, because um, the Bible gives us God's word on it. Mm -hmm. So let's say that a pastor is called the pastor and then he falls away and he messes up and he goes away and he's not pastor anymore. That doesn't mean that he's not called the pastor. That doesn't mean that he's not gifted to pastor. Truly, what will happen is uh, he still has those giftings. He'll have people coming up to him. He may have been you know, cussing, drinking, all kinds of junk, going out, partying, doing all the wrong things. He'll still have people that will come up to him and pour out their life to him because he's yeah. still a shepherd. Now, that doesn't mean that he should answer them. You know, the first thing, he should get the log out of his own eye before he starts trying to fix everybody. But that's not going to go away. It's without repentance. Now, the anointing is a little bit different situation. Uh, the there's one anointing, and there's one calling. You know, there's one calling, the calling of the ministry of Jesus Christ in that way. But um, there, you can separate that into he's called me to be a part of his family. He's called me into ministry. So we use those terms. We kind of break it down. But... In the anointing, the anointing breaks the yoke. It's the power of God. It's the supernatural power of God. And the anointing is different from a gifting. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, That anointing is different from a gifting. A gifting is something that I can be skilled at and maybe skilled to utilize the anointing here. Yeah. Okay, you see, a gifting is a skill of anointed use, right? So I may be gifted in healing. So that means that I take the anointing and I can utilize the, the anointing for healing yeah. and I have a gifting for that in that way. So 
uh, giftings and anointings are different. Uh, it's actually something I want to talk to Brother Tracy about, which ought to be a really interesting conversation because <laughs> I know he'll give me 30 scriptures on it. So, yeah. <laughs> But the gifting versus the anointing. But the anointing is the power of God. The gifting is the skill to do that. The giftings of God are without repentance, yeah. but our operation in the anointing can rise and fall based off of our fellowship. So it, the anointing's always available. It just needs vessels to flow through. Yeah. Right? So remember in um, what, Second Chronicles 16, 9, is that right? Where the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth uh, to see whose heart is pure towards him. I think the King James says perfect, but it's talking about that it's pure and mature yeah. is what that means so that he might show himself strong yeah. on their behalf. God's looking for people to utilize. And if we'll just get hungry and humble and, and we'll get poor in spirit and recognize our need for Jesus, without him we can't do anything. Lord, I need you. That's a pure heart towards God when it's, when it's pure in us. He said, I can use that person. Yeah. I can use that person. I can use that person. I can use that person, right? Yeah. And he said, I can, as a matter of fact, I can show myself strong on their behalf, yeah. on that person's behalf right there. I can show myself strong on their behalf. And that's what he's looking for. Mm -hmm. And so if we will stay in that place, it, one of the things, I think it's Daniel 11.32. In the King James it says, those that know their God will do exploits. Mm -hmm. So again, it goes back to fellowship. In him, we live, have life to the full till it overflows. We apply life to the full till it overflows is an application of the life of God. You know, if I'm praying for you and I'm praying for you, that I, that's going to come in him. That's going to come in fellowship with him. That's where that anointing flows from. I'm, I'm a conduit. I'm a pipeline of that anointing, and I can clog it or keep it clear yeah. based off of my fellowship. If I don't have fellowship, then that, that pipe's clogged. That anointing's not going to flow to help. Uh, so I want to stay as clear as possible. And how do I do that? I am actively producing fruit. You know, I'm actively in fellowship with him. I'm actively um, making myself hungry and humble for the things of God. And I'm actively recognizing my absolute need for Jesus in my life. Mm. And as I do that, that anointing flows. Um, brother, um, Pastor E.A. Adeboye, uh, when I was talking to him, we asked the question, um, you know, what are some of the most important things that we can know? And this is what he said. He said, point blank, first thing out of his mouth, holiness is the master key. Mm -hmm. Holiness, put that in the comments, please. Holiness is the master key. Mm -hmm. And um, so as what's holiness? Holiness is seeing the ways of God and choosing to walk in them. Mm -hmm. You know, walking in them on purpose, doing it God's way. You know, like going back to Kevin's question earlier, can we do it our way and God's way? No, doing it God's way, that's walking in holiness. And if we'll walk in holiness, it opens up everything of the kingdom to us. Yeah. It opens it all up. So, amen. 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 Glory to God. Well, we're right at our, amen. A Abigail put it in with a little emoji key. <laughs> holiness is the master key. And that was, uh, many people have said that. That was Pastor E.A. Adeboye. 
and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the spelling that people put up for that. But anyway, have you enjoyed our Q&A day, Monday's Q&A day? Amen. So, did you enjoy it? Yes, sir. Amen. Glory to God. Did we wrap everything up? I think so. Yeah, amen. I enjoyed it too. We just, we praise God for you. And uh, right now, we just want to open it up. We encourage you, sow a seed yeah. into getting this good news out. And we also want to encourage you, did this help you? And if it did, even if it didn't help you, there's somebody you know that it'll help. Yeah. And uh, share the broadcast. Get it out to them. Let them know. Put the YouTube link on Twitter. Put it on, you know, put it on Facebook. Get, share it on Facebook. Share it on YouTube. Share it. Share it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Subliminal messages. Hey, I'd really enjoy it. Share it. You know, <laughs> share the broadcast. If you'd like to give today, you're welcome to uh, go to give www.org and uh, tell them all the different ways to give and then I want to pray over that as well. Yeah, we have a bunch of different ways to give. You can go to giveww.org. Uh, we have Cash App. Give, uh, you can do Cash Tag Give WW. Um, we got Facebook, a new one today. We, I know. I, I was just getting into that. We got a new one, um, a new way to give. You can give on Venmo now. Woo! Amen. We don't have it uh, on there on the lower thirds yet, but it'll be there tomorrow. Um, but on Venmo, you can give at uh, GiveBC. Um, you can give on Venmo there. Um, we have it in the comments right there. And uh, Facebook, you can do hashtag donate. Uh, you can also text to give. You can also, uh, in the live stream description, you can give cryptocurrency. Uh, those are all the ways that we have to give. And PayPal. Yes. That's also a way to give. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to get a page that has all of those with mm -hmm. all the details on them, so it'll make it really easy. Yeah. Um, but we'll, um, all of those ways, we just, whatever way is best for you mm -hmm. to give. I, and here's what we know, and I think this is sometimes what's missed in our giving, mm -hmm. is I know mm -hmm. because of relationship with the Lord and what he says in here, he's always leading people to give. Mm -hmm. The issue is, we don't always hear it or believe. Our thinking is that he's always not going to do that. But the word actually tells us that when somebody serves you the food of the word and, mm -hmm. and serves you that spiritual food, you should reply yeah. uh, out of your physical means. You know, you should reply yeah. in that way. And so we should, we should take that. I think that it's, you know, sometimes people are like, well, man, I watch show every day. And, and if I did that, you know, 20 days out of the month, I would be broke. Uh, no, that's not true. And don't think that you have to do a ton every single day. But one thing that I like to do is when I receive, I'm always going to sow into mm -hmm. the Word of God, no matter what it is. And uh, and literally, Nicole and I started, you know, hey, here's 50 cents. Here's a dollar. Yeah. Here's a dollar, you know, in doing that. And when we receive like that, we should have it in our heart. I'm a sower into the word yeah. and I'm always going to sow something. And as we do that, it becomes very helpful. And all of a sudden you start to approach every time you hear the word, you approach it differently. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm going to get something. This is valuable to me. Something changes in our mindset towards it when we become sowers each time that the word is served to us in that way. So yeah. uh, we encourage you. Then, and I know that the Lord's going to do that. But you always want to just be led. You don't give under compulsion. You don't give because I just said that. Mm -hmm. Don't actually. 
You want to give because you get revelation of that, and then the Holy Ghost is going, all right, I want you to give this. Okay, I want you to give this. I want you to give, and he'll tell me what it is he wants me to give, and uh, you just follow his leading, and if we're willing and obedient, we eat the good of the land. And so we encourage you to give as the Lord's leading you today. We praise God for you. And right now, I just want to pray over it. Let's agree together. Lord, right now, everybody that's giving and sowing, in the name of Jesus, let them be blessed, yes. Lord. Let it overflow in their lives. We praise you for it. We give you the glory. Lord, let every seed, let it be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Let the harvest be multiplied supernaturally and quickly. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, bring this increase. You told us this is a year of increase for the ministry, the partners, the attenders. Lord, the people that are watching online, Lord, let them increase in Jesus' name. Let it overflow. Let debt, I'm calling, amen calling right now for debt to be supernaturally erased, Lord. Let it continuously be supernaturally erased, and we praise you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We praise God for you. Thank you so much for being with us today. I really enjoyed the Q&A day. I thought it was good. I like the format. So, Did you enjoy the Q&A day? If so, give us a thumbs up. And uh, we love you so very much. We'll see you tomorrow. We're going to go back into uh, stinking thinking as the week goes on. And right now we're going to let, I believe, Miss Markey wrap it up. I like that. Wrap, wrap it, up. it up. I'll do it again. Wrap it up. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Markey, here you go. I'm it up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. It's if you know people yours. that would benefit from these questions, which basically that's everybody. But if there are people that you would like to send this video to, do that now. If you are not subscribed to the channel, subscribe, turn on notifications, and exciting, exciting, exciting. Tomorrow is Memes with Marky. That's me. Moves with Marky tomorrow, so make sure to join us back tomorrow. And we also have, yep, that's real. So that's tomorrow. We have an exciting show for you, so make sure to join us all week, and we're here. We love you guys. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.